Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. that I will exalt you, O Lord. For you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave and you spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. And David goes on to say that weeping may endure for a night. Thank you, Jesus. Weeping may endure for a night, but rejoices come in the morning. And then he said, when I felt secure, I said, I shall never be shaken. Oh, Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O oh Lord, I called, and to the Lord I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O oh Lord, and be merciful to me. O oh Lord, be my help. Then David goes on to say that you have turned my wailing into dancing. Say it again. You have turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever, forever, forever. And ever, oh God, I will give you thanks. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your servant, David, who was so transparent, oh God. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of prayer and knowing that we can count on you because you are a faithful and a just God. 
I ask, oh God, for a fresh anointing right now. I ask, oh God, that you will bind the enemy in the name of Jesus and that you will give us a spirit of worship, oh God. Whatever it is that is not of you, oh God, we shake it off in the name of Jesus and we declare that we will worship you. We will worship you. We will worship you and always give you all praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I feel a fire. You see one? I feel? Okay. You see anything? You see anything? Hallelujah. 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 In John chapter 21, starting with verse number 15, there is a conversation going on. John 21, 15. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said, feed my lambs. In verse 16, and Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And that's why the title of my sermon is The Ultimate Question. It's a question that only you can answer for yourself. I don't know if you love Jesus or not. I know what you say and what I hear, but what Jesus is teaching us in this passage of Scripture, if you love him, there has to be some evidence. Because he was saying to Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, tend to my sheep. If you love me, take care of my people. And Peter kept saying, Lord, you know I do. John 21 is about life after Jesus. It's about the churches moving forward with the work of our Lord after he is gone. So the question that I raise for the church today is, are we doing the work that Jesus has called us to do? There's a call to discipleship. There's a call to love in the name of Jesus. There's a call to make our Savior known throughout our communities and that we will witness wherever we go. What does it mean to love Jesus, to know him, to walk with him, to talk with him? to ask him to shape your life according to the standards of our Lord and Savior. What many of us do, we say that we are the Jesus brand, but there is no evidence of the Jesus brand. Nike's all right, but there's nothing like Jesus. And we need to be able to say that I've done the best that I can to be the witness for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Imagine this, you're the only one left. You're the only voice left. How many people you think would make the transition based on your testimony, based on your truth, based on your excitement? Every day, we should pledge our love with no limits. 
One of the things that we get in trouble about is that we tend to treat God the way we treat each other. And what the Bible teaches us from our love series, there's a big difference in philo and agape love. Because agape love is unconditional. And what Peter was saying, he was talking about, you know I'm your friend, Lord, and you know I'll take care of you. You ever had a friend like that? Yeah, I got you covered. And then you realize that you have truly been revealed because a friend didn't cover you. And Jesus was trying to get Peter to say, I'm on my way out of here. I'm depending on you to take care of my sheep. But why is a question so significant? I am a person who always asks questions. And I get criticized for that because people think that I'm being rude. But I ask questions when I don't understand, Reverend Rose. I ask questions if I need clarity. See, a question is a phrase or word that asks for information or is used to test someone's knowledge. When I ask a question, I'm asking because I need clarity on what are you saying and what am I receiving. See, when we ask a question, what we're doing is clarifying so that we can all be on the same page and communicate at one level. In Genesis chapter 3, one of the most fascinating chapters of the Bible, the word of God says, Genesis chapter 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. Ha! The Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say that you must not eat from the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say You must not eat fruit from the trees that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to this woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God and knowing good and evil. Can I get it? The serpent is talking right now. In the name, the serpent is talking right now. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. But early on, remember God said, Candace, don't eat. I want you to stay over here that God has set them up for life. And there they were, and they had heard the word of the Lord, but the enemy, the serpent, came and whispered or seduced them into darkness. And then the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good and pleasing for the eye and desirable. She took some and ate it. In verse number 8, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord coming as he was walking in the garden. How many of you know when the Lord is coming after you? (laughs) How many of you know when the Lord is walking and getting close to your stuff? How many of you know when you have sinned before God and you know that God's presence is at hand? And one of my favorite phrases in here says, when the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Sherry, I concluded that all of us have a cool of the day season. It's cool of the day when you forget God. It's cool of the day when you just tell a little white lie. It's cool of the day when you don't go to Bible study. It's cool of the day when you don't respect your word and your promises. It's cool of the day when you can say anything goes. It's cool of the day when you never give God any praise, honor, and glory for all God has done. And to be honest, all of us have a cool of the day. Some of you are cool right now. 
Some of you are right now saying, Lord, if I just get away from this, I won't ever do this again. Lord, if I will just get over this, you pay this bill, I will get out of debt for life. We all have to understand that there's a cool of the day when the serpent draws near and whispers in our ear. He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Anybody naked in the house? And he said, who told you that you were naked? <laughs> Miss Margaret, the Lord said, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? My mom, how many of us, Pastor Joseph, have eaten from the tree that God commanded us not to touch? And what we need to understand is that when God gives us a commandment, that God wants us to respect and obey his commandments. And what we want to do is sometimes we want to we uh, make it so lightweight that God, I can kind of negotiate with God. There is no negotiating with God. Either you love God or you don't. There is no middle ground. And that's what our teaching about love was about, is that the worldly love that we see is not the agape love that God is talking about. Because we want to have everything our own way. Oh, you might as well say amen. You might as well say amen. Some of you want cheddar cheese and some of you want one red jack. Some of you want mild cheddar and some people want sharp cheddar. We all want what we want. But Peter was a unique character, Minister Morant. He stood out in his character because he was a know-it-all. Ever met one of them? He was arrogant. He always had something to say. And unlike Paul, Peter only spoke Hebrew and to learn Greek, he had learned Greek later. Peter became world best names such as St. Peter's in Russia and St. Square in Rome. Peter was crucified upside down. Peter was the first pope. Peter was a fisherman. And what Jesus was trying to do, Michelle, is tell Peter that there's a difference in fishing for fish and fishing for men and women. There is a different technique that's required. If you go with fishing without the Lord, you will accomplish nothing. But when you go fishing and Jesus is your bait, it's all done in the name of Jesus. And so what the Lord was trying to get Peter to do is that you were successful over here, but it doesn't mean you're going to bear fruit over here. Hallelujah. Peter, Peter, Peter always had a word, always had an opinion. According to the Gospel of John, he wrote that when Jesus met Simon Peter, he immediately called him Cephas. And this name means in Aramaic, a language that Jesus spoke. Jesus looked at him immediately and knew who he was. Jesus looks at us and immediately knows where we are and what we're thinking and what we're about to do. And that's what happened with Peter. And I believe that Jesus realized that Peter could be one of his greatest witnesses. Because one of the great things that God can do is take a person who has been found guilty, clean them up and use them to his glory. What the Lord will do is take a person who is wretched and no good, turn them around and show them, if you spend some time with me, I can lift you up higher. Now, that doesn't even sound joyful to me. You don't understand. You don't have to be like you are. You don't have to die like you are. You don't have to live like you are because we serve a God of transformation who's ready to move us to the next level in our lives, if we would just accept the responsibility to do what God asks us to do. Hmm. 
Go to John chapter 18. And this was a painful part, I believe, of this dialogue. In John chapter 18, Peter denies Jesus three times. To Simon Peter, starting at verse 15, and another disciple were following Jesus. And because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Minister Derry, but Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple who was known to the high priest came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of the man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold. And the servant and official stood around a fire that had made, been made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them warming himself. If you continue on, it says here in verse 19, that meanwhile the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. And then in verse number 20, say, I have spoken openly in the world, Jesus replied. I have always taught in my synagogues and in the temple. When I, Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest? He demanded, if I said anything wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Cleophas, the high priest. Now, Peter the disciple who had been fishing with Jesus, talking with Jesus, walking with Jesus, traveling with Jesus, decided that he was going to deny Jesus for the second and third times. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself, so they asked him, you aren't one of the disciples too, are you? You're not one of those disciples from Pleasant Grove Church over there on the street, Davis Drive, trying to tell people about Jesus, are you? You're not one of those old, uh, disciples over at Pleasant Grove, over at Chatham Forest, feeding people and trying to lay hands on them just because you gave them a little soup and some cheese. You would not be one of the people, would you, that's over here collecting food and giving out to the hungry in the name of Jesus. Peter said, no, I am not. And then one of the high priests, servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him, didn't I see you with him? in the garden. And the third time, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster crowed three times. Would the rooster crow with your testimony? Would the rooster crow that you've been exposed? You see, what happens here is that we get to see that even those who claim to be in relation, intimate relationships with our Lord and Savior, fail to serve as they are committed to. How many of us, if we tell the truth, know that we deny Jesus every day? We deny. Every time we, we do not acknowledge an opportunity to serve, we are denying Jesus. Every time we turn our backs on the hungry, the needy, the homeless, then we are denying Jesus. Every time our personal agenda comes first, we are denying Jesus. Because at this point, Peter is trying to save himself, and Jesus is on his way to the cross. You ever had a situation like that? I don't know her. I used to, but is she the one who had that long red hair? Is she the one that, oh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember all of that. You see, our memories get all messed up when we are confronted with the truth. 
And that's what was happening here. But because God is God, Jesus came to Peter's rescue. And the real bottom line of this whole sermon is that Jesus teaches us how to be reconciled one with the other. And what Jesus is saying is not enough for you to be mad at me or be me to be disappointed with you, but I got to be bold enough with Holy Ghost power to return to the scene of the crime. And right now, the world, our homes, our relationships would be different if we would return to the scene of the crime. If we're willing to go back and say, I know you think you know what I said, but this is what I said. And so Jesus takes the initiative. How many of us take the initiative to go back? How many of us take the initiative to ask the question, what are you angry with me about? What happened? And Jesus teaches us three things that we have to learn how to move from denial to restoration. We got to move from denial to restoration. We got to be able to return and we got to be able to restore and we got to be able to rejoice on what God is doing. Right now, some of us need to return to the injured, go back in the middle of the day and correct what has not been corrected. Some of us need to go back to say, I'm sorry in the name of Jesus. And the word of God says that, do you love me more than you love these disciples? Do you love me more than you love this fishing gear? Do you love me more than you love your Mercedes? Do you love me more than you love your 5,000 square foot house? Do you love me more than your designer clothes? And do you love me more than your jewelry? And do you love me more than your keepsakes around the world? Do you love me more than your children and grandchildren? Do you love me more than everything? And if you can't answer yes, then you need to start praying right now. Because what Jesus was doing was saying to Peter that I'm here because I love you and I want you to be reconciled unto me because I am going to have you do my work when I'm gone and I am a man of my word. In response to Peter's three affirmations of love for him, Jesus gives Peter three commands. Feed my lambs. What is that about? Is feeding my lamb just physical food? Is feeding my lamb emotional? Is feeding my lamb showing up when you know that you are tired and weary? Is feeding my lamb, what does that look like for the body of Christ? Jesus is recommissioning Peter as an apostle and leader. How many times, Deacon Bacon, do we have to remind ourselves who we are in Jesus Christ and what we have signed up to do? How many times do you have to remind yourself, I'm a minister of the gospel. There's some things that just should not come out of my mouth. How many times do you say to yourself, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I should not be saying words that take your breath away. How many times have you heard yourself say, I belong to the Lord. I should not be in this environment. I should not be with you. I should not be around. But how many of us? And Jesus is recommissioning Peter as an apostle and leader in the church. What I got excited about is that if God can clean Peter up, then God can clean me up. 
And I believe that Jesus gives us the model here. Don't look at my filth. Look at yours. Don't look at my sins. Look at yours. But be brave enough to go back and say, let's be reconciled in the name of Jesus. And Jesus is about to take Peter to the next level. The tension in the church and the regular disciples that we don't want to go to the next level. We want to stay as we are. We want to talk about the 23rd Psalm, year after year after year. Do you know anything else that David said? We want to talk about what we know in the Bible. We're going to come to Bible study. You know, Bible study is not isogesis. What you think is exogesis on what the Lord is saying. And so what we need to understand is that if we want to go to the next level, you got to do the work. You got to be willing to pray. You got to be willing to be inconvenienced. You got to be willing to be absent. You got to be willing to spend the time. You're not going to be successfully married and you never go home unless that's your plan and you have an arrangement. But the Lord does not define success the way we do. And what we do is that we're mediocre and give our leftovers and our little handouts and we think glory ought to be happening and the angels ought to be singing. No, 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 no. It's time for us to go to the next level. Isn't it time for you to go to the next level in your marriage, your relationship with God, in your relationship with your parents? Isn't it time for you to be reconciled with people you don't like? Isn't it time for you to stop moving around in different chairs and just say, I'm sorry? Isn't it time to stop saying, I'm not going back over there because it's time for us to grow up. And Jesus gives us the example. The master teacher shows up. And it shows Peter that you don't have to remain as you are. That yes, you made a mistake and you denied me three times. But I asked you three questions and you answered, yes, Lord, three times. How about that? Three denials and three questions. So what I'm asking you today is that do you give people the same opportunity of Jesus? Do you open the door for people to come back? Are you willing to be reconciled with someone you can't stand because you are a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to say, I'm wrong in the name of Jesus? I'm sorry in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, if you're going to be like me, you got to get over yourself, go back, make it right in my name, and then let's move the kingdom forward. Because what if it's left up to you and your testimony? It's the first Sunday. We're going to take communion. But the word of God says that if you can't forgive, then don't expect forgiveness. The word of God says this is a serious moment in the life of the church. If you're still mad about what happened last year, you shouldn't be taking of the cup and drinking of the wine. If you're still lying about your tithe, you need to stop drinking of the cup because you need to realize that God gets no worship out of untruth. Is that at some point we all have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm either in or I'm out. And that's what Jesus was trying to say. Are you willing to put everything on the line? Are you willing to give up your life? Are you willing to give up your possessions? Are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to do what is necessary so that I might be glorified 
and the kingdom of God might grow on earth as it is in heaven. The question all of us have to answer on our own. Do you love Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. If you want to answer that question this morning, you can. If you don't know the Lord Jesus and the pardon of your sins, we invite you to admit Christ, to confess Christ, to turn your life over to him, and then to love him and feed his sheep. We invite you to unite with us here at Pleasant Grove, where we walk with you on this journey as you begin a new life through Jesus Christ. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. It's a good day to come to the Lord. And it's easy as ABC. You have to admit that you are a sinner. You have to believe that Jesus is Lord and he died for your sins and rose from the dead. And you have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you are ready to give your life to Christ, then won't you come? If you are ready to give your life to Christ, won't you pray this prayer with me? Dear Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on a cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed this prayer in faith, and receive Christ into your heart, you are now a child of God. The angels in heaven are rejoicing at this good news. If you desire to unite with us here at Pleasant Grove and learn more about what we do, please visit our website at www.pgc-carry.org. Click prayer request and complete the request noting salvation. And thereafter, our spiritual leader will be in touch with you. We pray God's blessings upon you. If you're here in the sanctuary, you can come down front and the deacons will receive you as you come. Oh, the blood.
www.ptc-carry.org. Thank you again. And